Hello and welcome to the Emerald Gamescast. First episode of 2021. My name is Nolan. With me is I'm Dylan. I took, I'm just kidding. I'm not Dylan. I'm Jill. He, did, he <laughs> yeah. didn't take anyone's spot. Joke Dylan, on him. you sound so different, Dylan. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And also with me is I'm Nolan. Wow. I don't want to be Alex on the podcast. I found you, faker. You're the faker. Okay, real talk. I want to make you eat wanna, those words. I want to say, how did Amy Rose confuse Shadow for Sonic, even from the back? I They're know. not. He has red streaks, black what, fur. What if she's Maybe colorblind? Like, I was just going to say that. Maybe like you, she is colorblind. I'm colorblind, but I can tell blue with white gloves and red Are shoes you, from black you're with human red streaks. colorblind. Not animal color blind. You know, yeah, you know how dogs can see like certain shades. What if she's like even, hedgehog yeah. blind? Only black and white. Even yeah. if yeah. Amy Rose saw only in grayscale, she could still tell that Shadow is darker, couldn't she? Well, I'm I can't decide that. I'm not a doctor. No, yeah. oh, come on. I think the real question guys... is how did the entire U.S. military and or government get them mixed up? Because the odds are much <laughs> lower that and... everyone is colorblind in the Sonic universe. You yeah, guys clearly have no interest in pivoting this podcast into sonic lore discussion you're absolutely I, right i do i do <laughs> lately i've been unironically into sonic hedgehog have you but yeah i like him now oh, okay. i used to think he was a dork but now i think he's cool as hell. i mean he can be well, both to be fair he has some good video games and uh we played some good video games in the interest of this podcast being about that and not sonic lore well it's the beginning of the new year we got some news um our last couple episodes have been special episodes. We had a big Game of the Year episode and a Cyberpunk episode. And in the meantime, some things have gone down in the industry. Alex, you want to bring us in some of our news, like usual? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, it feels, it feels good to be back in just, like, regular news. To have, like, mm -hmm. structure in our lives. It's wonderful. Um, but uh, one thing of note is that uh, Nintendo has bought uh, the studio Next Level Games. Uh, Next Level Games made Luigi's Mansion 3. They also made the Mario Strikers games from way back in the day. Um, and this is interesting and a big deal because this is the first time they have bought a studio since they bought Monolith Soft back in, like, 2006, maybe? The studio that made uh, uh, Xenoblade is the, the only other acquisition they've bought in this last decade. So it's weird to see them do that because they're not really the studio that tends to do that very often. Hey, related on the opposite end, did you guys see that piece Jason Schreier wrote a few weeks ago where Microsoft said that they had tried to buy Nintendo? Oh my god, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like back but, in like the Xbox days, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised, though. I don't know anything in general. I didn't <laughs> you know, know things. that. I didn't know that Luigi was allowed to be primmed by someone not named Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Oh, this happens all the time. I mean, a lot of third-party devs have had a, had a turn with Nintendo characters. Back in the day, Capcom made a couple of Game Boy Advance games with Zelda. This is news to me. And they did them in sort of like a... It was interesting. They had the... 32-bit version of Wind Waker graphics, essentially. It's pretty cool. Yeah. There's been some others that I'm having a hard time remembering. I know, uh, you know, Sega way, way back the... in the day that Philips 
had some some oh, make, yeah, make yeah. Zelda games. The screwdriver company? No, no, the electronics company. Hey guys, Phillips is not a screwdriver company. It's type yeah, of Phillips head. No, they they license <laughs> all of the screwdriver heads, right? But they own the the rights to those heads. I'm joking. That's oh, not who real. Knows? There's some more recent ones though as well. Uh, Sega owns also... Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Uh, Ubisoft mm -hmm, made mm -hmm. the XCOM game with Mario, Mario Rabbids. Well, there's Smash Brothers. Yes. How, how Laboratories is, is yeah. not uh, a Nintendo in-house developer. Well, no, it's not HAL anymore. Now it's, uh, now it's Namco Bandai, so it's even more of a weird one. Yeah, but in any case, though, huh. it's weird because you wouldn't, you wouldn't think, like, it's hard to imagine Disney letting someone do this with, like, a uh, thing on the same tier as a full feature film right you know spinoffs or merchandise are one thing but like if if there was just like a disney animated film that was not made by disney it would be very strange but yeah i guess it's a little a little different for nintendo yeah. i mean i guess if you want to address the movie comparison disney has multiple studios and now multiple mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ips that are owned by the, it's like a weird tangle of things that they own right yeah and but yeah but but do you mean more on the lines of like it would be weird if Pixar made like Pluto's Big Day? Yeah, that's that's why I said spinoffs would be one thing. But if someone came out and made a Disney feature film with the Disney logo on it that was not made by Disney, which there is not a precedent for, I'm not talking about spinoffs and merchandise and different IPs. So like, you mean like if Warner Bros. made like a Mickey Mouse movie? That'd basically, be weird. is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I see. I, you know, because Nintendo puts their logo on the cover of Luigi's Mansion 3 or whatever, but they don't develop it. They just mm -hmm. have that hashed out. Also, by the way, Next Level Games, I've only played Luigi's Mansion 3, and um, I want to say back in the day they made one of the one of the Punch-Out games yes, as well. Yes, that's and it's an amazing video game, Punch-Out for the Wii. That's what I really want out of this is another Punch-Out game. I think that Punch-Out would be a fantastic fit on the Switch with the Joy-Cons yes. attached. But um, moreover, Luigi's Mansion 3, absolutely fantastic game. Yeah. It's it's very, very impressive to see a third party take a Nintendo character and absolutely nail the feeling and the flow of that game. Um, it's great. You should play it, listener. Yeah. You, should, you should play it. I, I have Go a lot fight of, some ghosts. I have a lot of friends who are super into uh, Mario Strikers. And I guess Imran, Imran Khan, I think his name is, from the, uh, the other games cast with, uh, oh God, what's his name? The, the Sony guy that we've talked about. Grego? Who? Grego? Yeah, yeah, Greg Miller. Uh, he talked about how apparently it never really got around, but those games were what made Nintendo realize we have to crack down on Mario's image and have, like, standards for how people can represent these characters. Because yeah, they were so, like, weird and outlandish. The thing is, though, man, the Mario Strikers designs are so cool and yeah, inventive. They had, like, and... character and flavor. It's been great because you remember when, well, I can't say remember, this is actually still happening. The current Mickey Mouse cartoon completely altered the art style and yeah. made it kind of, um... They made Mickey Mouse an interesting character. I'm not even sure what to, what to uh, say with the style, but it's, it's very, very strange. And I love it. And I wish so the companies were a little bit less strict on what you could do because those types of reinventions are great. Then again, though, Mario... I will say, in Nintendo's credit, Nintendo is very creative with the Mario property for the most part. Like, I think Odyssey was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I know that, Janelle, you've only watched me play Odyssey, but, like, you know. You can ride a motorcycle. You can ride a moped. You can, you can be a frog. Wear a cute little Nintendo 64 
Oh yeah, yeah, you can. Let's say hypothetically before we go on to the next door, what 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 kind of you know if Nintendo had to buy another studio, who would you want? Let's say like best case scenario, it means they get all the funding to to make the best thing they can make. What's what's your dream studio be- that becomes a Switch exclusive dev? I mean, realistically, Grezzo seems like the next big one. They were the ones who made. They've made a bunch of. They made Luigi's Mansion One on the 3DS. They remade. Uh, what was it? Link to the Past, the Game Boy game that just got a remake not too long ago. Yeah, it, it was linked to the uh, not uh, into the past. Link, Link's Awakening. Thank you, Link's Awakening. Yeah. yeah, that that seems like it would be next. But also, you know, this is a weirdly unprecedented thing. So maybe they'll just assume because like the Mario and Luigi games uh, were made by a studio that is just like bankrupt now. They are just no longer around because Nintendo didn't buy them out, and so there might never be another uh, Mario and Luigi RPG game. You have one, no? Yeah, Pokemon guys. Game Freak? <laughs> yeah, because um, oh, I yeah. don't know any other ones. Yeah, the, it's fair. The game, I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even talking about third-party devs that make for Nintendo. I'm saying like... Bethesda. Bethesda? <laughs> yeah. What? That would be a yeah. nutso. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I just feel it, you know? Like, I can't tell you why. I just feel it. Oh, God. I feel why. I want to see Nintendo's I'm... Doom. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Nintendo's Doom starring Mario or like... <laughs> Hang on. I want no. Hang on. I want Nintendo to buy all of the old games from um, Konami, and I want Nintendo's Metal Gear Solid Six. <laughs> oh my god! Nintendo's Silent Hill. Fuck, that's just Luigi's Mansion. God. Yeah, uh, Luigi's Mansion is Nintendo's Resident Evil One. Yeah, it's true, and it's great. It's you guys, listener. Did you did you know that? Luigi's Mansion was a launch game on the GameCube, and there was not a Mario platformer that launched on the GameCube yeah. for like a substantial amount of time. Mario Sunshine was the only real uh, significant Mario game of that generation, and it did not <laughs> come out at the beginning. What a weird way to lead your console with Luigi's Mansion. I have a theory. It's because they thought people wouldn't buy that game unless it was the only Mario game on on the market at the time and maybe it might have worked but also the launch titles for the uh and or the gamecube were melee and luigi's mansion which is a pretty killer like pair of games pretty like incredible pair of games yeah. but luigi's mansion has a pedigree today that it didn't have back when it was like oh nintendo made weird resident evil but maybe not good <laughs> i think that it's embarrassing how much people don't respect luigi as a character mm-hmm. so i would have been drawn to that immediately because yeah. i think that mario's really dumb see luigi's hey, got the issue luigi has the issue where he's his, at his best because he's not as respected as mario right part of his character and part of his characterization <laughs> is that he's like a second Punished banana luigi. yeah yeah so if if luigi ever gets like big enough he loses that appeal which some people have argued is already happening it, it's a very delicate balance with luigi <laughs> man i just I, like you're right you're right from like a business perspective but i just like the green man <laughs> no i don't mean from you a know? business perspective i mean from like a philosophical perspective right like what the, no it's <laughs> not philosophical this is purely business you're talking about you make him too big he loses his appeal well yeah but his appeal <laughs> is also the fact that he morally and spiritually will never be on the same level emotionally morally as... morally yeah spiritually I... and emotionally yes. as I... it's said about luigi yes. my argument is this the appeal of luigi is that he's the green one 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the nice Nintendo color. boardroom said, hey, everyone likes this uh, little red man. What if we had a tall green man? Uh, no short eh? guys. They said, they said no short guys. You're not <laughs> if you're, six, yeah. eight Luigi, or I guess we, three, eight. We support <laughs> short kings here at the Emerald Games cast. All right? We support short kings, but also we That's love true. Luigi. It's true. Uh, we love the green man luigi can jump higher in all the mario games uh, yoshi can drive I, the fastest in mario kart 64 hands down something i was getting uncomfortable watching you play mario odyssey playing it myself running around the little new york place as tiny little mario thinking about how he just looks like a baby next to everyone but he like i don't know but he's I, hanging around them and i don't have, know have I don't you know. Got, i was just like he's gonna get stepped on janelle have you seen nintendo's response because of course everyone asked them like why does mario look so different than everyone else do you know what their <laughs> official not a human no 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 do you know what their official response was no all humans look different everyone's different we all need to learn to understand that and understand that hey not everyone is going to be the same as you and that's okay not in that game that's not true because everyone else looks the same except for mario <laughs> but you know <laughs> It's okay that Mario's different. That's uh, fine. I know. I'll, no, you're missing my point. I know that's fine. He's a good boy. I'm just saying I was scared that he's going to get stepped on because yeah. he's so little. That's true. That's true. Well, if anyone stepped on him, you know, they would just bounce because that's what he does to everyone else. If anyone just kind of bounces on off of them. Mario, they'd get a lot of moons. Probably, yeah. Like like Sonic, they'd just like spill out of him all Ew. from one hit. Just... No, we know what happens when Mario gets hit. He gets slightly smaller. And then that well, puts him in even know more danger. What? happens when lucasfilm games for years falls off the market and stops being branded on lucasfilm properties and then in 2021 uh, comes back i have what? an idea you have an idea <laughs> yeah it's what you I'll, just described I'll, I'll tell you what happens what happens is that as of now this is our next news article by the way Lucasfilm Games is now once again going to be the official brand for all games using Lucasfilm intellectual properties. So you're going to start seeing that splash screen in front of Star Wars games and whatnot like you used to back in the PS2 days, back when I remember the cool one. You guys ever play? It was LucasArts, wasn't it? LucasArts, yeah. You guys ever play um, Rogue Squadron on, on GameCube or anything? Never did. Never it was did. very, very cool. It started with a, a video of the X-Wings flying the trench on the Death Star. Ooh. And then it sort of zooms out, and it's not a linear trench. It's sort of like a maze. And as it gets further out, it's not the um, Death Star. It's just, or, or it is, but like the trenches make up the Lucasfilm logo. That was cool. cool. So bring you more of those. Do you think... But, uh... Oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the, the exciting mm -hmm. stuff. But do you think that... Disney regrets dismantling LucasArts. Cause that, remember when that was a thing? Like, a bunch of people went and bought up different IPs from them. Like, Sam and Max switched hands, like, three times. And then, like, uh, Double Fine owns the rights to Grim Fandango now. Uh, For listeners that don't know, um, LucasArts is not... They, they were not just made to create game adaptations yeah. of, like, George Lucas properties. They also had... Fan um, art of George Lucas. That's right, yeah. Yeah, they had that, too. <laughs> And they sold art that George Lucas made online. No, but they they had a very successful line of old point-and-click adventure games in particular. So, like, there's some famous classics like Full Throttle and, like Alex mentioned, Sam and Max. Um, kind of stuff in the vein of Monkey Island. And none of them really Monkey ever Monkey Island got... was them, too. 
Yeah, um, a lot of them didn't really get sequels or go very far, so they're sort of like abandoned where, um, and like Alex is saying, since the company was dissolved, the IP scattered rather than being in the hands of Disney now. Yeah. But now it seems like Disney is like, hey, we're going to re we're going to kind of rebuild and rebrand uh, LucasArts into Lucasfilm Games. And yeah, but there's like, like, like you're saying, they won't have access to like Day of the Tentacle anymore because someone else already made a remake of that and all these old things. Yeah, that's too bad. But you know what they do have access to? Uh, um, with it. The billion dollar IP that is Star Wars and the slightly less billion dollar IP. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Janelle and I, we just watched this movie a couple days ago. Tell that him, was the first time Janelle had seen it, right? That was. Tell him what it is we're getting a game of here. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That <laughs> That'd be fun. I like uh, a Telltale uh, type, press, type game. Press A to lasso the moon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, we're getting an Indiana Jones game. I just watched yeah. that for the first time. I'd never seen it before. How'd you like it? I thought it was going to be something it wasn't. What did you think it would be? I thought it would be. I don't. I'm not hating on Jurassic Park. No one had to like defend Jurassic Park from me, but. I just thought it'd be like Jurassic Park without dinosaurs. Okay, well, <laughs> Jura- Jurassic Park fucks even the scenes without dinosaurs, so either way. No, I know, I know, but I just thought it would be more something I've seen. I don't know why I thought that. I thought he would spend the entire time by himself in the jungle. Thought it'd be pretty boring. It was sick. It was funny. It was really, really funny. It had some really cool cinematography. Yeah. The actors were incredible. It was the perfect movie. And it, I wish I hadn't seen it so I could watch it again for the first time. And now I'm so excited good. to play this video game about it, and I don't have to pretend to be excited. Now I just am excited. <laughs> and Janelle, Janelle had never had some of the really some some of the really famous um, like comedy beats. Somehow you'd managed to never have spoiled for you. I, I, you know, I thought that everyone knew about the swordsman showing off and then Indy pulling his pistol on him, <laughs> but like. Janella, Janella never had never oh, heard man. of that, so she just it was it was such a wonderful moment. Just God, I wish I could have been after that up. scene. Just this huge giant gut laugh when that happened totally caught her off guard. I'm it was gonna great. I'm gonna put you on blast for just a second here because I remember Nolan texting me about how excited he was about this, and you said something when the boulder showed up. You said something along the lines of "It's just like in Crash Bandicoot." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And when I said, and when I said, eh, what do you think of like the hat and the whip? It's kind of like Spelunky, right? And you were like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, I was saying that Indiana Jones is just Crash Bandicoot, but the before times. <laughs> before he was a Bandicoot? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Wait, hang on. This is the Emerald movie cast. I didn't like the end. I thought, I, I mean, I liked what, the end. What about it? I thought it was a little disappointing that instead of him having to come up with a way to get out of it, the box just caught all the Nazis on fire and oh, melted yeah, their yeah. faces, um, which yeah, was but- still sick, which was sick. But I would have liked I, w- I was like, how are they going to how are they going to escape? What is he going to do? And Meanwhile, then he didn't have to do anything but, but close his eyes really hard. I was, I was sitting minute. next to Janelle going, but it's the Nazis hubris. Yeah, it's yeah. The, it's their greed. Oh, I, I, I liked were talking it. about the ending in the warehouse. And I always think about how amazing that is. Cause oh, it's like, that's the best. Oh, What's in there? How much more adventure and secrets can there be out there? I loved that. That made me sad. Not only that, but that's the best choice the movie made because of this idea of the government, like, holding on to these things and putting them in the back catalog when they could be, like, so useful for people who could research them. And they're just like, you know, oh, state secret. Keep it safe. 
Yeah. It's amazing. It's an amazing movie. Amazing anyway, movie. now we haven't seen Temple of Doom yet, but that's that's next up. We we might like it. Neither of us have ever seen it. Who knows? Hopefully the game isn't based off of that one. And there is a game, and that's the story. And the yes. game is by um going to be by Machine Games and published by Bethesda. If you don't know Machine Games, I think that they have a lot of things under their belt, but in my opinion, their best, most high-profile work is the Wolfenstein reboot series, Ooh, yeah. uh, which is probably some of the best um, like FPS game storytelling of last generation. I agree. Pr- probably, I mean, probably the the best yeah. in terms of like that era. Um, so this this studio and this publisher has me raise a couple of questions well two questions the first one is will this game be in first person because i was talking with nolan about this before the uh the podcast started ips like it when you see their character and their brand you don't really get that in the first person but that's uh machine games track record and your weapons are a gun and a whip so it would work second question will this be a xbox and or pc exclusive because now bethesda is under uh under xbox and we all know xbox is really hurting for some exclusive games and ips they've got forza they got forza Gears oh of War. halo went none of those games have been good in years <laughs> hey actually forza horizon 4 a lot of people like um, it yeah they oh, don't really? even have to be good people yeah. are gonna buy those games well well okay to be fair i think halo's on a downwards trend i've never heard any i've never heard forza fans be um upset about of new forza game i think that they're probably they're probably just fine is forza okay. like madden where you just kind of buy it when it comes out um because no, i was under the impression it's, it's, it was a little not, different it's not annualized it's okay. just there's a lot of them i think they're on the seventh one now I, forza goes back not quite as far as gran turismo but like it's kind of similar where it's it's more like this is the, the big new one for this um generation you know mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. xbox 360 had like three forza games I, there's probably a listener out there with a Logitech G29 racing wheel or something and a helmet who can correct me. So um, he's on, been, on wait, he's shopping for a racing wheel I right am, now. The only I don't know who I know he's making numbers. fun of. I don't know who he's trying to make. Like, I really want got him. one. Um, let me say this. I've been saying this since the day I met Alex. It's fucking bullshit that they didn't name Forza Horizon 4. Well, oh, that, God. I guess, with the F being a 4 and take out the 4 at the end. It would have been better... Forza, yeah. Forza Horizon, Forza and then you look four. at the the four again, and that's it, and it's good. Forza Four came out like I'm not years an advertising major. Forza Four came out yeah. already. Forza Horizon Four, different series. Uh, put the four in it. I don't want. I don't. What want, are you confused about? I don't want every series to name themselves like Call of Duty, where they revamp the numbering. Why these every are time. essentially just Call of Duty games, but okay. for cars. Car of Duty. <laughs> Car of Duty. But anyway, what do you think about that? Will it be first person and will it be a Microsoft exclusive? I predict that it will be a Microsoft exclusive, much as I don't want it to be. I don't think it will. Fair. How come? Um, I don't know. They have a lot of game companies that they own, but most of them aren't exclusive. I don't know. I just don't think it will be. I mean, it's not unprecedented. Look at, like, Spider-Man. Those are only coming out for uh, Sony, so it wouldn't hurt for... uh, Disney and Microsoft to come to an agreement, but but the thing is, I think that with this and like with the Elder Scrolls games, I don't know shit 
Okay, again. You know things. You do. You keep but, saying that, but you well, know Well, I don't things. know anything about, like, numbers and business. That's not my wheelhouse. But I just imagine that, like, unlike Sony, who is objectively doing better than Microsoft in this category, yeah. I think that they would make more money if they were also selling their games to PlayStation players than just Xbox players, because I think um, more people own PlayStations. That's true, but licensing money is pretty powerful, as we've seen with the Star Wars games. Like I said, Star Wars is a billion-dollar IP, uh, and EA owned the exclusive rights to make Star Wars games for, like, 10 years. Yeah, and that went great. But Yeah, but that's coming to an end because the studio that made uh, The Division 2 is working on an open-world Star Wars game. Which is cool. Yeah, I, we don't yeah. know a whole lot about it. Like, that's kind of a neat idea. I never played... You played The Division, right, Nolan? No, I didn't. Oh, I thought you did. Nope. Um, I have some friends who played it who really like it. Oh, okay, cool. So. I wonder if it'll I be, like, games it... as a service, or, like, if they're gonna try to stretch this out as long as they can, like Ubisoft tends to do. I want to answer your question about it being first-person, though. I've, I've been oh, thinking right, about yeah. it. I think it will be first-person. Um. And the reason why is because, one, that's what machine games is good at doing, but two, because you see a lot of B.J. Blazkowicz in the two Wolfenstein games. You, you see his face and his body a, a lot in those games. That's, um, true. And, and, that's and, true. And I don't think that anyone leaves those games without a really solid impression of this new character design. And I feel like there would be, considering their, their particular style of cutscene that they use, I don't think there would be any shortage of opportunities for showing this character's face in the game um, and then using his voice during the missions um, while getting away with designing the game in, in the way that they're already good at doing it. What I'm more interested in is actually the, the, the game loop or like the, what, what, what the focus is on um, because obviously Wolfenstein and other machine games games are are very, very action focused i don't really think that indiana jones despite it being an action franchise would would would, would really fit as like a uh, sort of modern um arena shooter or whatever the franchise is boomer right, shooter yeah. uh, <laughs> or genre i mean um i love that say, i love that phrase so much i like a boomer shooter i think that maybe at the most like if if i could have my way i would like it to ha have like a six shooter revolver maybe um and the whip and a good sort of hand-to-hand -hand melee combat system and then maybe have levels that are more focused on uh possibly like exploration stealth and puzzle solving with like the the occasional yeah. uh like the occasional like bar brawl or fist fight but maybe have the fist fights have cool solutions like the one in raiders when he pushes the guy into the airplane propeller you know not just get their health bar down, but figure out the gimmick in that particular scripted fight. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean would be sol maybe my idea. Solving puzzles and mysteries is like a requirement for Indiana yeah. Jones. Like it, it, before this, Indiana Jones games were point-and-click adventure games, right? Like that's their whole thing is mystery. So, do you think they'll base it off of his likeness? And if so, do you think that they'll like make a stylistic choice to change how he looks? but make, keep him a little bit younger? Or do you think they'll go with, like, his likeness in an older Indiana? So Harrison Ford is really weird with his likeness. Like, they've never been able to get it for a Star Wars game, but he does, he has said multiple times. He doesn't times, like Star Wars. He doesn't, but he does love Indiana Jones. 
So he might be willing to give them his likeness, but he's also like old as dirt. So maybe a different voice actor or something. This is something. Well, I'm, yeah, different voice actor for sure. This is something I'm very interested in is is we we know from the tweet and the press release that it is an original story, but I would like to know where this falls, like because if you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, there's that very first scene in South America where he encounters Belloc and right out of the gate because it's an homage to these old serials the 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 film trilogy establishes the idea that indiana jones has already had countless adventures before this movie and you're sort of just dropping in on one of them you're not it's not like this is the is there i mean that's every indiana jones movie right there there is no origin story i guess is what i'm saying he just sort of is already established um so you know will this be just sort of like I don't know, 1936 is the first movie, so what do you think? Prequel? Do you think maybe just a kind of nameless sort of one of the adventures yeah, with I, no specific timeline I, on it? I think it's just going to be one of the adventures, because that's the beauty of Indiana Jones. You can just, as long as it's in the 30s and 40s, just have him go on an adventure and fight or some Nazis. the 50s and 60s, like in the fourth one. Well, we don't need to go back there. That's fine. Yeah, but... But the yeah. props on the table certainly look like 30s, 40s. So. Yeah. They, there was a, a ticket to Rome on one of them. So That's that cool. might be where he'll go on the, the dotted line map adventure. So you give me a game like Red Dead Redemption 2, but an Indiana Jones game. Are you just yeah, saying man. that because they both wear cowboy hats? No, I'm just thinking about like a huge open world, like beautiful game like that. Where you wear a hat. No, yeah, you know, just because of that. You know, yeah. it'd be amazing is a is a, a Metal Gear Solid Five game where you have different set piece areas that you can explore. Because like the whole thing with yeah. Indiana Jones is there's at least like three locations in every single Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's exciting. The Star Wars game we don't know much about, even less about the Star Wars game. Um, um this is my. I have a quick thing I want to say about. Yeah. What's that. up? People are like. Lucasfilm Games is getting Star Wars back or whatever. This feels like a like a Schneider cut. Snyder cut? Snyder cut, not Schneider. I don't know who he is. This yeah. is like a Snyder cut Rob, thing. Rob I think. Schneider. Yeah. It's the Schneider I want to see the Rob Schneider cut. <laughs> I just think that they've kind of been a little rough with Star Wars for a while now, and I don't think I don't understand why people think that like giving them the games will well, make the the story as interesting again. What what it is 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 not about the stories, I think. It's that because the Star Wars license was exclusively held by EA, mm-hmm. Star Wars games that were interesting conceptually have continually been being shot down That's in favor true. of Star Wars games that are easier to monetize. That is true. Star so Wars like 1313 had, is dead and buried. Yeah. It will never, ever come back. Star Wars that 1313, you had um, you know, things like Star Wars Battlefront moving further into monetization, whereas I feel like back in the day when these were all LucasArts games, um, they were being given as projects to all kinds of developers who had interesting takes. You had, like, Star Wars Rogue Squadrons, you had a, um arcade dogfight dev making, like, expansions of the X-Wing games. You had Knights of the Old Republic, so a Bioware-style RPG. You had Jedi Knight Academy for, like, fast-paced multiplayer melee combat. You had Dark Forces for, you know, Doom-style FPS. And when it got conglomerated, this one dev just sort of stamped out all of these different styles of Star Wars game in favor of like the just the ones they could throw at the very front of the display. 
Yeah, and it wasn't it, like they signed a an, a ten year deal. It took them like seven years to figure out what the fuck to do with Star Wars. There is one Star Wars game that I think is really stand out from EA, and that's Jedi Fallen Order. Right? Like Battlefront Two is fun, but Battlefront Two had a pretty horrible launch. Like that was yeah, a, that but, was a but, rough game for a long time. But also, Janelle, you know, you're right though. It's not like, I mean, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, are you are you saying like even Disney isn't making good Star Wars content? Yeah. Yeah. And like, come on, you guys, it's Disney. Do you think that they're going to be interested in making the particularly interesting, like, harder to profit off of games? Yeah, I mean, their see, most popular I, Star Wars IP is a Western. That's such a weird, dated genre. I think see, it's I, not uh, unreasonable to say that that'll happen. I absolutely understand. I agree with what you're saying, Janelle. I just feel like it doesn't seem to me like this is necessarily the license going back into the hands of Disney making Star Wars again. It just, at least hopefully, but... Worst case scenario, it's like you're expecting, and I don't think it's an unreasonable expectation. It's 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 totally a possibility considering the saturation of Star Wars, and I, it makes sense for me. Best case scenario is that they do what they used to do back in like the PS2 days and just start sort of handing this off to people who have ideas and see what they make. And, yeah, and that worked in the past, and I think it could work again now. Cool. Um, so I'm just kind of fingers crossed on that. Disney yeah. has been very open in the last several years about how they're not interested in getting into the nitty-gritty of game development they'd rather just license it because they're not game and designers that's, that's good because ea is not yeah ea is not not doing very well with when, license when somebody fucks up they'll tell them they fucked up they'll tell them luke's lightsaber needs to be a certain color or whatever but like they'll just let people make a game i feel like you know and that's much more promising than having one studio make several not good games in a row oh i don't know? think ea should own it either i just yeah i don't have super high hopes but i hope i i do hope that i'm wrong that's yeah. completely fair absolutely it's, yeah it's that kind of skepticism man especially with disney i mean can like just think about how much really really obvious game design potential there has been in almost every single marvel film and how much they have never done anything with it yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's what we have marvel ultimate alliance is probably the Probably it peaked there. Well, we have Maybe. people. Spider Man. People like Greg Miller who are obsessed with Marvel. Who are like NBC. What's that game that just came out like a few months ago? Avengers. Who is, yeah, who was like, yeah. this game sucks, but I'm playing it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, even your fanboys don't like it. Ugh. Yeah, Avengers yeah, was Avengers kind of was, a disaster. Avengers was so bad that I, I didn't even, I didn't even know Avengers came out <laughs> until I went on YouTube and I saw like post-mortems and my youtube recommendations about why the game didn't work and i thought oh my god it's been out and i looked it up and it had been out for like two months already <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good segue you know what other game doesn't work yeah cyberpunk 2077 oh yeah <laughs> I wanna... the episode that we talked about it just came out the day we're recording this so but we recorded that over a month ago yes so there's been a lot of time to think about it and i want to say for myself at least Oh, Nolan started. No, I just I just clicked out. the video so I could find the roadmap. I'll keep keep um, talking. I think Nolan can agree that even though during the episode we like absolutely could see a lot of flaws with the game, I think we both maybe had a a hope that it would go back to the really incredible storytelling that it had at a certain spoilery part that we talked about in the episode, um, which it hadn't done. It didn't do. We nobody finished it here. Alex, yeah. you, you didn't finish it, right? No, I think, honestly, no. after we recorded it, I don't know if I picked it up again. And Let me say, despite not finishing it, I put almost 60 hours into that game. That's so true. I don't... 
I don't necessarily feel unqualified to talk about it despite not finishing it. But but that being said, it's a massive video game. Yeah, listener, there there may be a point in that game where the narrative uses its themes effectively and comes to a head and makes a point. I don't I don't doubt it. I'm sure it's there. But wow, it's it slouches. And that's kind of I think Alex and I both felt the same on that. Just sort of man, I, I just sort of stopped caring about yeah. that game, to be honest. Yeah. But I sort of cut you off, Janelle. What were you saying? Just that. Just that. Like, just that. <laughs> yeah. The game, like, I don't know. I definitely don't feel as positively at all as I did during the episode because, um, like, seriously, the next day when Nolan went to play it, I was like, I don't want to see a second more of this game ever again. <laughs> and not in, like, some angry way. It was just like, I'm so fucking bored of this game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. And... Man, See, some the choice that they made to kill some pretty important characters early on. I wondered if that would kill the rest of the story, and it did. I don't know about sure. that, but I will say that, like, you know, I, I totally agree with, like, yeah, it there it's just the same, and the same isn't good. And that's what I was saying during the episode where I was like, it's not bug fixes will not fix this game. It is just not a good game to its core. For me, um, like the 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 basis of what it comes down to to like follow up on the last episode is that I think a couple things. I think that the writing in this game is, to be honest, I think it's above average compared to other open world RPGs, but not compared to the best of them, of course. But I think the writing is subpar compared to games that take a linear approach to their storytelling and use it for sort of cinematic, you know, narrative. The problem is that Cyberpunk neither opens its doors wide enough for you to treat it like an open-ended RPG, nor funnels you strictly enough to let the directors give you a satisfying, consistent experience with the story. Yeah. So in both ways, the story tends to either fall flat at its worst or at its best excite you with the possibilities only for you then to realize the possibilities were more of an illusion than a promise and mm -hmm. at the end of the day it just feels like uh you know i could just go read like a william gibson book and i i it would be better than yeah. what i'm doing right now and i could play a game that has better shooting or a game that has a a, a better um like role-playing mechanics or a game with a better open world and if if what i'm here for is like the pretty good homage to cyberpunk storytelling then i you know it's it's not enough is, is what it is we Absolutely. only have so many hours in the day and so many days yeah. on this earth i don't want to waste <laughs> yeah. it on a game that is doing nothing for me but um that's sorry alex cut you off no you're fine I was going to segue, just, so if you were going to say something else, then you should say I that. I was going to segue. Oh, you segue then. Well, hold no, on, though. We didn't, we didn't talk about the roadmap. No, segue into. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not what the we're, news. Yeah, yeah. We're not okay, here okay. to I see. talk about how we feel about the game. Give um, us that segue. Is it the president? Who did this? Obama? Uh, yeah, it's Obama. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the co-founder. Co oh, uh, sorry. I was going to try and read the Polish name. Yeah, okay. I, I was also going to try, but you can go. you guys? Marcin... Iwinski, spelled I-W-I-N-S-K-I. Could be pronounced yeah. wrong, but look at him. Look him up. Yeah. yeah. He released a video apologizing about the state of the game and gave a, a roadmap for game updates. 
I haven't watched it yet for some reason, but I do know a lot of the context in it. And I know that everybody's mad about it because he goes from saying that, like, it's no part of the team's fault and then totally double down on blaming the QA test. Yeah, yeah, that that pissed me off. Him him deciding to blame the people that had probably the worst experience with this and make them the focal point. Like, yeah. what the fuck, dude? So if somebody who's watched it wants to talk about it a little bit more. Well, the roadmap they lay out in the video. Um, so, they, so, 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 so far they've put out three major patches, or rather, rather three major hot fixes when the yeah. game came out. Within the first um, few months, there were, well, not not a few months, a couple it's months. It's been out for a month. There were several quick fixes on the most notorious bugs, um, but the sort of like substantial bedrock of the thing is they have been saying is going to come in a series of two major patches in the beginning of 2021 called 1.1 and 1.2, and then um, they have a rather, for the rest of the year, they have a rather vague window laid out that just, uh, all it says is multiple updates and improvements, um, and, which could mean anything. And then yeah. they specify that somewhere in the middle of 2021, they're going to give out free DLC and a, um, a free next-gen console update. But for the most part, it's uh, it's about as vague as their version of why this happened is um, yeah in the first place part of it is that they blame last gen consoles for not being good enough this game came out one month after the beginning of this gen and was planned to come out in the middle of last gen so that's a weird thing to say i think you, they yeah. could also just have not released it on consoles and like taken that monetary hit if they really felt that strongly right i also i also want to say I remember um, hearing and being and being at the time convinced by the argument. I'm not not anymore, by the way. Um, I think I even said this a couple times that yes, while the game was being developed for so many years and was supposed to be a you know current gen release, that the ambition of the size and intricacy of the city was something that meant that as an open world it was it was going to be like held back by the consoles and you know and i thought that made sense it, it, I, I thought that it was a bad business choice to put it on the consoles but i but i also thought well it makes sense this game has a hard time running on ps4s or whatever um in, in, in a way that made me feel like the only right call would have been to cut it off the consoles i still think they shouldn't have released it on consoles but then i started thinking about red dead redemption 2 coming out on ps4 and Ghost of Tsushima and Spider-Man games that are open world, you know, not, they're not amazing. Yeah, they're not like they're not like um, th like point A to point B threads. I mean, the Red, the Red Dead Redemption, the Red, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption Two is probably, in my opinion, one of the most fully realized, beautiful open worlds in a video game ever. And that game looks better than anything on my PC, and it runs on PS4 on hardware that people constantly online go well what do you expect on uh super outdated hardware it's like i don't know i expect people to build within the specs of that hardware and make games yeah, that, like, i expect a modern the video standard. game to work yeah yeah <laughs> and people can do it people can make it work you know rockstar makes it work every single time um if, and... if you can't make it work for a console then just say we can't release it for this console or do what uh bethesda used to do and be like hey console might be coming like a year or two later right yeah um i want to say 
about the updates. Yeah. Nobody wants free DLCs. We want a game that works. <laughs> oh, people want free DLCs because they all think that that game, a lot of people think that game is good. Our issues with this game are not the popular opinion, I would say. That's, I disagree yeah. wholeheartedly with that, but I understand why you're saying it. No, I, think I mean, even like. The biggest cyberpunk fanboys hate this game. They hate this game because it's buggy, right? They hear the word bug and they just get mad, right? They don't give a shit right. about the intrinsic, the story and like the value of cyberpunk, what cyberpunk yeah. truly is. Sure. I also, you know, I, I mentioned that in the podcast. This, this is still, this is still true for me. My game wasn't that buggy, and that's not because the game wasn't. I, I think I just got lucky. But like, my um, falling out of love with that game didn't. It didn't have anything to do with it being unstable. It just had to do with the game itself revealing itself to be kind of shallow. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, and, a lot and, of people are going to come to that realization when the bug fixes yeah. come out and be disappointed, but Like it's not it's not that the game like I don't necessarily agree with, I don't really agree with you when, you when you say the game is like intrinsically broken. I I think that the game is 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 missing a spark that will make it good, but I don't think that it's a tech like I don't think that it's like a game design or technical failure. It's just sort of like a as a piece of art, it's just kind of like um, derivative and bland. I and even if you make it look really, really nice and have no bugs, it's still going to be just like kind of bland. I I kind of think I might get crucified for this by someone out there, but it's like Ghost of Tsushima for me, kind of. I, un unfortunately, I agree about that game. It's good, but it's it it just kind of hollow kind it's of fine yeah. it works yeah. but ghost of shima works that's the difference okay, yeah, but, yeah but then they're gonna come out with patches for this game and then it's gonna be the same thing well that's what we're saying like yeah. if, if cyberpunk 2077 was as stable and as beautiful and as good on ps4 as ghost of Tsushima was mm -hmm. it would still be a similar situation where it's like i like it's like it's fun like it's good but think, oh my god, do I want to spend 80 hours of my life with it? I think no. I compared it to a Ubisoft game where, yeah, so. Like, I thought Assassin's Creed Odyssey was so much fun. But when I got to the part of the game where the rest of the map opened up, my only thought was, this is so much game that I have to, I'm uninstalling it. <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 I cannot play this game and not sacrifice so many other games that i could have played in the time that i did all the side quests it, in ac odyssey it doesn't do anything that interesting <laughs> no. or innovative like it's just sort of yeah. there you know um, listener go play go play okay you want cyberpunk games deus ex valhalla that's it go play those you want, you want uh assassin's creed odyssey go just buy the museum mode for eight dollars on their website you want a good open world game? Go play Breath of the Wild that does everything an open world game should do. Well, uh, yes, but open world RPG, it's not really in the same genre. For that's, that, a fun, I say, that's a fun follow, debate. Follow, follow New Vegas. I say is, follow New Vegas. Is Zelda an RPG? Because that's something I hear a lot. Is Zelda an evolution of the type of game that Cyberpunk is trying to be, which is like this narrative-based Western CRPG? Unequivocally no, in my opinion. For that, I'd say go to somewhere like follow New Vegas. Sure. but. We have some yeah. listener questions. Yeah, we well, we'll come back to the idea. Concerns. We'll come back to the idea of genres, but uh, I had a we had a uh, a listener concern which you can submit to us through the Google form on our Twitter. Uh, you can remain anonymous if you'd like, uh, like this person did, where they said, "Hey guys, less of a question and more of a declarative, but I wanted to give some more information about the Uri Galar story from the episode where you talked about him permitting Nintendo to print cards of Kadabra, and this was." Uh, I believe the episode was called A Spoonful of Snakes, if you mm -hmm. want to go back and listen to that. Um, and they said, 
While yes, Uri Galar is famously litigious, one important thing to note about the Kadabra situation was that it also played into the satanic panic that encompassed Pokemon at the time. Whoa. Uri Galar claimed in a court that the Pokemon, Kadabra, was satanic and represented a twisted version of himself, as you said. Uh, but Uri Galar is also a Jewish-Israeli immigrant, not Russian, and stated that the stripes on Kadabra's belly were supposed to represent the Nazi SS symbol, as Whoa. were the star on its forehead. Whether or not he believed in these statements, or if they had any validity at all, is up for debate, since he was pretty eager to abuse the extent of the law. Some notable examples of this are him trying to remove any, him trying to remove any videos of him failing to perform a trick from a British channel or PBS's Nova, and him trying to sue Timex for an ad where a magician bended spoons but not a Timex watch. But I thought it was worth noting that this gained traction because of the many Pokemon controversies in the 90s. Hmm. And they added that they wrote a paper on Illusionist, so they had most of this stored away on their OneDrive. And I guess just pulled it out when they heard of us talk about it, so. I think that's the most valuable thing I've ever heard on this podcast. That's great. Yeah. Uh, also. Yeah, uh, our, our apologies for getting his background wrong. That's yeah. um, some really interesting information, though. But that's also, cool. it's bullshit. Like, I, we're all pretty genteel here, but like, looking at Kadabra, that's a hell of a stretch to claim what he claimed, right? Like, that is yeah. very much like he got mad about spoons and wanted to try to pull pull out the stops in every angle he could, you know? Yeah, and, and it's it's definitely not a satanic Nazi version of himself. There are yeah, some I, pretty I, bad Pokemon designs, like the Jinx design was pretty famous for it God, being yeah. probably blackface. But, like, I don't think Kadabra is one of those. That's a hell of a stretch. I, I definitely uh, agree with you about the Pokemon. However, after hearing that, I don't feel that I know enough about Yuri Geller to have any opinion about him. So I'm interested in, like, reading more about this guy. I mean, it sounds like the but, dude uh, wants the... to own the idea of, own, of bending spoons, right? I want to talk Possible, about... but that's why I'm saying I want to look into it. I want to talk about that. something else. If you look at Kadabra, it kind of looks like he has a penis. What? Look at that. What? Hold a little, on. A little, little, little nub down there. Yeah, it's kind of perverted. That's, that's the base of his tail. It, like, loops around. Yeah, but it loops around. It's kind of perverted. So I think that's my problem. With Pokemon. It's a perverted game. My problem with yeah. Kadabra was that you needed to trade him to evolve him, and I didn't have any friends, so I just had a Kadabra the entire time mm -hmm. and never got an Alakazam. I'm so sorry. Have you guys seen, have you guys seen that, um, that Twitter video of the guy, like, in his car doing a, doing a Trump impression talking about Pokemon getting bad? Oh, yeah, that, that video is amazing. Yeah. And um, talking about how, like, you know, you know, there used to be. 150, yeah. and that was it. You didn't have to go to some Target parking lot and wait for some guy There's to come out. There's a baby <laughs> Pikachu now. I hear they're releasing a baby Pikachu. Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot to say other than that I appreciate you, listener. Yes, for thank you so in, much. And telling us this, and I feel kind of stupid now. Um, I don't, <laughs> I'm kind of with, with Nolan here for the most part. I don't know enough about this. I do think that what he's saying is a stretch, but, you know, I don't. I don't know. I Certainly just pulled a up very a picture good of Kadabra and uh, getting getting all the context on a thing. I just pulled up an article about it. I just pulled up a picture of Kadabra and he has three stripes on his tummy, not they not do just look two. like little S's. But, but they're still. like they're like little lightning zigzags. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. We have another question actually. This came in today, so ah. breaking news. Uh, heard your extensive cyberpunk review just now, <sighs> and your game of the year discussion, and it got me thinking. Is Final Fantasy VII cyberpunk? I remember yeah, arguing I so. with my friends in high school over it. Half of us said it was dieselpunk. Half of us said it was cyberpunk. 
One guy argued it was magic punk, but he sucks and that's not a thing. <laughs> what magic punk what guy. do you all think? Um, I wish we had Dylan here to, to, to tell us, but... Yeah. Look, I haven't finished this game, okay? I don't know, but from what I've played, I'd say it's cyberpunk. I can't add anything else, um, and if you guys spoil this for me, I'm going to be kind of upset. I, no, we won't, but... I, I would say, you know, I don't think that Final Fantasy is, like, pure cyberpunk, mm -hmm. because not all of its storytelling is derived... Um, or really even related to its technology or its systems of power. I think Final Fantasy gets into some pretty crazy esoteric stuff with, like, the primals and, like, the planet and whatnot. Um, but I do think that thematically, I would, I would count it. I would, I would count it. It's got, it's got the aesthetic down. Um, it has the important sort of touchstones of high-tech, low-life. It has the important touchstones of... Um, people being treated as like commodities or means of production underneath a, a, a capitalist regime. Yeah. They're destroying it, got, the environment to, to help people. Like it's got the same angle, uh, through a final fantasy filter, you know? So it's like, I would say like it's separate enough from cyberpunk that it doesn't seem like someone to me who has just read like William Gibson books and has no interest in video games would want to like, go get into video games to play ff7 but i feel mm -hmm. like in in from the reverse angle it's like a light cyberpunk intro from the from if you were from video games going into that like genre fiction i if that I, makes any sense i think you could make the argument that it is cyberpunk because it's I, much I more think it, it is I, I think it is well here's the thing though it, it's mm -hmm. much it's much more firm than diesel punk and maybe magic punk is a thing i've heard someone use the term cave punk to describe uh monster hunter and that sounds cool i dig I that mean, like at, like at what point though were we just talking about the same genre with a different coat of paint yeah here's the thing i think final the genre or the the best description of final fantasy 7 is whatever they thought was cool at the time right there's no coherentness to final uh, fantasy I think, there is. I think there is final fantasy 7 has a really coherent like style to its technology and to its world in, in my opinion but I think like, that it gets kind of more like high fantasy after you get past disc one. But um, yeah, that's just it. When you start going to different places, it's just this weird jumble of ideas and themes and aesthetics. And it's like, yeah, it's, but, it's but just I, whatever they thought was cool at the time. I mean, that, that makes sense. I, I think that that's that's valid. But I think that also Final Fantasy seven, in my opinion, is more uh, coherent than it sounds like it is when you talk about it. It's It's got a lot going on in terms of theme and aesthetic that makes it stick out to people who play it. The Dieselpunk Wiki Wikipedia page does mention Final Fantasy VII. Really? But the description of what a Dieselpunk game is, I don't think really... Like, it just doesn't mesh entirely what is diesel punk like like is is is, is mad max diesel punk it does mention mad max yeah, yeah. It, it, instead of like electronics it's like lower tech right so it's like diesel and it's like, like different like types combustion of combustion um, yeah yeah like, stuff. yeah with the like it's, focused it's, kind of on the period of 1950s with like retro futuristic ooh, tech so like, like fallout like robots and yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it's like newer than uh, what's the other punk? The movie Rope, come on, steampunk. Wait, like the movie the Robots. Movie robots yeah. Have you guys ever played the PlayStation of Two game? I, have. I, I have, love I that not. game. Oh my god, I love that movie so it's much. Fun. It's so fun. It's, it's fun. so good. I'm I love that movie's crazy, man. That movie's wild. The chop shops being about like I don't know, man. What's 
They had to like upgrade their bodies. about human trafficking? You decide. We should have rewatched. Probably, I think that it is, but that's just me. Uh, Well, so I I think I think we're with the our commenter and saying that it's not magic punk, right? I I don't think magic punk makes sense to me because if like if you have a story that includes magic but also has socio political themes, isn't that just sort of dark fantasy? Isn't that just what like Game of Thrones is? It's not magic punk. It's just like fantasy with political overtone. Yeah, but like there's no magic in Game of Thrones, is there? Like, oh yeah, there is. There's a lot of magic in Game of Thrones, but it's it's but it's. It is treated like technology in that it's it's incredibly difficult to manage and it's rare and it's expensive. Okay. Um, okay. And so it's it's used in very 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 specific circumstances. Like, uh, I mean, like, what do you think, Nell? Does that make it? Is that magic punk or is that no. just no? No. Yeah. No. Well, you could um, just slap the name punk onto anything and make a new genre, right? And besides, like, nobody nobody in Game of Thrones wears Cloud's sick tank top. Tank turtleneck, top. turtle, turtle. <laughs> it's a sleeveless turtleneck. Yeah, that's it's, true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So I guess the official games cast opinion is that Final Fantasy VII is cyberpunk. It's baby cyberpunk. Cyber- Final okay. Fantasy VII is whatever you want it to be. Who cares? It and Final matter. Fantasy Nine. I respect our listener, so I will respond to our listener and say, I am every every video game is magic punk because <laughs> I think it's magic that people can make video games because I can't. A list of magic punk video games. Stuntman Ignition. <laughs> Stuntman 1. Oh. Uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Magica. Remember that game? Captain Crunch's Something Adventure. Team.ng Drive. Minecraft. Yeah, mine, you got a Dragon Quest Builders. Half Life 2, Episode 1. <laughs> 5. Well, if. You want to hear our <laughs> special episode on the Final Fantasy VII Remake. You better wait because nobody's played it yet on the podcast. We might one day, though. I played we it. We might one day play it. that. And I might never finish it because I feel but until then, similarly to, uh, yeah. That's, look, man, I want to play that game really bad. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resent you if you never finish it. Next we time you're in town, you can borrow games. it. Well, I want to play the first one first because I'm... I'm in my brain, in my brain, and don't tell me if I'm right or wrong. In my brain, I am considering Final Fantasy VII Remake like a, a not like a sequel, but a, but a follow up. I, I feel like it's a I feel like it's a response to the first game, and I feel I, like I need to have played the first game. I like ice cream cones with a like cold chocolate dip on them, but I would want to know what a vanilla ice cream <laughs> cone is like first. You know what I mean? Imagine if the first time you that. ever had a taco, the first time you ever had a taco was at a Korean fusion food cart. <laughs> That's like playing Final Fantasy VII Remake before you play Final Fantasy VII. Maybe, maybe. Um, but email and stuff. The pl- plug, plug us. We can be reached at emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Google form you can find on our Twitter like these uh, great listeners today did. And I love that. That makes me feel famous. That's <laughs> yeah, great. And, yeah. and our Twitter is at ODEGamesCast. And that was the first episode of 2021. Technically. It was. Technically. Yeah, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess, you know, we didn't record the Game of the Year in Cyberpunk um, this year. We did record but they Game did. of the Year this year. We did? Yeah. Oh. We recorded that on the second. Well, my bad. This is the second episode of 2021. And... I've been Nolan, with me has been... I'm Frankie. (laughs) And also, as always... Magic Punk.
Yeah. Send I, lo us I love your... the one contrarian asshole who argued for magic punk. That dude rules. Actually, it's magic punk, and I'm gonna make my <laughs> argument. What's that? Dude. Harry Potter? Magic punk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will, uh, we'll, we'll all see you. Wait. What? What? <laughs> when I look it up, people also talk about arcane punk, dungeon punk, mage punk. That's what I'm saying! Stop it! Man, you are can they, just put wait, punk are on they anything. all different from magic punk? Yeah, I guess so. How? I don't care. Dude, wait, you guys, <laughs> hold on, hold on. New new one, real, real quick before we go. Yeah. Is Full Metal Alchemist magic punk or diesel punk? Both. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah, it takes elements it's, from it, both. It's, it's both, right? Yeah, it's my baby. Okay. Thanks, listeners. Alright, we'll see you around. Akira also has magic, so I guess. That's cyberpunk. <laughs> okay, alright, I'll see you next time. Okay, yeah.